Hello, everybody. Good to have you back. Glad you're listening. I will. I do want to say this before we get started. I'm I'm happy to say that we got uh, six subscribers. Well, five technically. One of the subscribers is myself, but we are up to uh, six subscribers now on good old Castbox, and that is where we put a uh, majority of the episodes. So. Let's get into it, guys. Uh, and what's up, Doc? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a loony episode featuring the in-depth look at someone not everyone knows, especially for my generation. Like, I, I can't even... I, it kind of just popped in my head recently uh, to do a little research on this guy because I've been watching a lot of, the, a lot of these uh, cartoons. Um, we have heard his voice for many years, and we've became obsessed as children and adults. So tonight, we dive into Mr. Mel Blanc, or Bla- uh, Blank. I'm not sure exactly what to say. I'm going to say Blank for the rest of the episode, and if I'm wrong, uh, feel free to correct me later. Um, the man behind many cartoon characters and a character himself. So pack your bowls, roll your blunts and joints. Let's spark up for another Tuesdays with Mary. Jerome Mel Blank was born May 30th, 1908 in San Francisco, California to Russian and Jewish parents. He later lived in uh, Portland, Oregon and attended Lincoln High School. Since the age of 10, he had a fondness for voicing. After he graduated in 1927, he spent time leading the orchestra and became the youngest conductor at age 19. Could you imagine running an orchestra at 19 years old? Like you just graduated high school, you're you're taking a year abroad or just taking a year off and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to run an entire orchestra. Shouldn't be a problem. That's impressive. Just kind of shows, you know, what he could have been doing uh, before. You know, he could have took that route instead of uh, doing a voice, being a voice artist, you know. He also spent time at that age uh, playing uh, shtick and vaudeville shows around Washington, Oregon, and Northern California. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, just as I was, uh, what is a shtick and what is a vaudeville? Vaudeville. Uh, A shtick is a comic theme or gimmick, and vaudeville means a theatrical theme or variety entertainment. So I would say, like, uh, referring to something like close to day, uh, re- uh, basically saying, like, it was improv, you know, I, in my mind. That's what I'm picturing is just somebody, you know, a group of people doing improv sketches. Um, so with this information and, you know, uh, the idea of the podcast, uh, let's uh, dig deeper into the man of a thousand voices with some higher learning. If I study high. Take the test high, I get high scores. 
Uh, at the same age of 19, while conducting an orchestra, he was also working at a radio station. Uh, his acting debut was on uh, KGW program, The Hoot Owls. Like, how simple was naming things back then? Like, I think about the name of our band, you know, just in reference of how hard it is to name something and have it stand out and how easy it was back then, you know. It's kind of crazy. You could easily just call yourself, you know, The Doors. And boom, forever, forever in history. Not saying that they're not iconic at all or anything, but the name was just so simple. Damn it, you have to be so less obvious now. But um, uh, the Hoot Owls, uh, where he first showed as a variety of voices, he eventually uh, moves to Los Angeles in 1932, where he met uh, Estelle Rosenbaum, who he married before returning to Portland. Uh, where he then started Cobwebs and Nuts, the Cobwebs and Nuts show on KEX, which featured his wife as well as himself. So he's working with his woman. It's pretty impressive. You know, it's not easy to work. Not saying it's hard to work with women, but it's definitely got to be more difficult to work with uh, your spouse. Um, in some cases, uh, the show produced uh, by Blanc ran for two years. So I would say that's probably you know that's a, that's a long time for him and his wife to be. Uh, Trying to get their giggles on. Trying to make people laugh or whatever it was. I mean, the name Cobwebs, I've never even listened to this because, you know, I'm not I'm not even old enough to remember half of these things. That's why I, I, I'm definitely uh, glad I did this research. But uh, in 1935, with his wife's encouragement, he returned to L.A. Uh, to work for Warner Brothers Radio Station, KFWB, in Hollywood to join the uh, John Murray Show. Probably no relation to Bill Murray. I don't think it's spelled the same. Who knows? Maybe it is. I didn't actually dive into it, guys. But there you go. Uh, but that following year, he went to the CP, uh, CBS station and the Joe Penner show. He was a regular on the NBC Red, Ner uh, Red Network, the Jack Benny show, in uh, various roles, such as uh, Benny's uh, Maxwell Automobile, in need of a tune-up. So I, I have never even listened to it, but I can only imagine what kind of voice he was doing. Just, you know, you think of a car, you know, that definitely needs a tune-up. But uh, he actually uh, he actually uh, happened to get this role accidentally uh, when the recorded uh, voiceover for the car didn't work, uh, which prompted uh, Mel to grab a microphone and improvise the sounds. So that's pretty sweet. You know, he was just like, fuck it, I can do this. This is not hard. Just be, you know, just nail it. I've already done this on, you know... Most of my life, you know, I was I was conducting conducting an orchestra at nineteen, so I can grab a microphone. But um, his most famous character from the radio show that progressed into television was Cy the Little Mexican, which is a name you probably wouldn't hear or haven't heard on TV in many many years. I don't think they're just calling you know a dude like uh, you know Cy the Little Mexican in many uh many TV shows right now. I would, I would, li I would like to see that though. That would, would that be funny? Who knows? Maybe that's, maybe it's better that he did go to the cartoons, because there's definitely a broad range of strange uh, characters there. Easier to name, and be weirder with it. Um, these roles with uh, Jack Benny 
lasted uh, through lasted into 1950 when the show ended. Uh, but the two were seen many times at uh, different specials and uh, that sort of thing. You know, uh, I would imagine like uh, roasts and stuff. You know, like today would be, you know, see them on roast. But um, that was all the way through the 1970s. You know, they had always been together up until uh, Benny ended up passing away. But the last time they were actually seen together was uh, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson in January 1974, just a few months before, uh, like I said, Jack uh, Jack Benny died. Um, in 1943, due to the success of Jack Benny's show, Mel Blanc received his own radio show on the CBS network called The Mel Blanc Show. And uh, this radio show lasted till 1947. So, wow. Wow. Uh, as I figured, I knew very little about uh, Mel Blanc's uh, beginning, beginnings and uh, how long ago that was. You know, before streaming everything. Which makes me, you know, that much more curious as to when Netflix is going to get Looney Tunes. You know, let's get some Cartoon Network shows going on that bitch. Just saying. I wouldn't be mad at him. But, uh... It's like, who, you know, when you think about it, he started out with a lot of radio work, and in my mind, I can only imagine, like, who listens to radio even anymore? Like, I, I can't stand listening to radio in my car just because there's, you know, so many commercials and so so boring. I can't even just listen to somebody just rant. It's not so easy anymore. Uh, even though I feel like I'm doing a radio show uh, right now. <laughs> so with that in mind, let's actually take a minute and hear a quick word from our sponsor with this commercial. Are you tired of the typical camera phone pictures? Do you want something fresh, new, and professional? Visit simplyamazingphotos.weebly.com for a special $50 full shoot. That's simplyamazingphotos.weebly.com Okay, I will. I would love to add this because I always do. Um, you guys should definitely check out simplyamazingphotos.weebly.com. Great photographs, guys. You can get whatever you want, really. You know, you want uh, you and your new girlfriend. You know, spend fifty bucks, get her a nice little gift. Uh, you know, especially since Christmas is coming up. Perfect deal. Perfect deal. Get some wonderful shots. You know, some glorious photos of you and your family or you know you and your dog or just your your dog and you know you sent you put in a frame and you give it to grandma and be like happy happy christmas grandma is that what they say happy christmas i don't think that's right nobody says happy christmas fucking idiot all right um uh this unfortunately is messing with the timeline a little bit but it's kind of it's kind of where we really needed uh, to take a direct... You know, this is where we wanted to be, uh, head to, anyways. Sorry, I'm uh, stepping on my own words. I have been smoking. And today's strain, guys, is uh, Silver Haze. So, let's get a round of applause for Silver Haze. I feel like, of course, uh, you know, I'm speeding through. But I did feel like I did a lot of research, and I feel like um, I wrote a lot. <laughs> I took a lot of notes. But when you read it back through, you read it a little faster than, uh, obviously you wrote it. So, 
course, we're speeding through this, but um, you know, back to Mr. Blank's uh, uh, career. Um, in 1936, Blank uh, joined uh, Leon Schlesinger Productions, which produced cartoon shorts for Warner Brothers. After Treg Brown, Treg Brown, Treg, T R E G, Treg. What a sweet name. That's. I want to meet a guy named Treg. It's a cool name. Definitely were naming kids really cool back then. I mean, they're getting way cooler now, of course. But uh, Treg, that's, you know, people were just smashing some letters together that sounded sweet. But uh, Treg Brown was put in charge of cartoon voices, and Carl Stalling became music director. Uh, Brown introduced Mel to the animation uh, directors. Tex Avery, Bob Clampett, Frizz Freelang, of course, so that's a well-known one, at least for me, because I've been watching uh, a lot of those that he wa- he was involved in. And uh, Frank Tashlin, uh, and they all loved his voice. His uh, voices, sorry, not just his voice. He didn't come and just say hello. And they were like, wow, what a what a beautiful, what a beautiful satin hello you got, sir. You know, it's this is not like, uh, <laughs> not to make the episode any more explicit, but, uh, you know, like when, uh, what was his, what was his name? John Holmes, I believe, how he got his job. Do a little digging and you'll find out how that man became uh, famous. And uh, still continues to kind of have some fame for some even stranger reasons. But uh, yeah, they all liked his voice. They liked uh, they liked uh, what Mel could do. He did uh, His first cartoon that he actually voiced was A Drunken Bull in uh, Picador Porky. You know, uh, Porky Pig joint if you if you will like spike lee style so yeah like i said they liked his voice they liked his voices sorry i keep saying voice but uh he was doing voices he probably went in there and showed him a couple different things he could do right off the spot that he had been practicing since he was 19 and running a uh, orchestra <laughs> but um his first starring role was that of Porky Pig, after replacing uh, Joe Doherty. Uh, in uh, Porky's Duck Hunt, which introduced Daffy Duck, who was also voiced by Blank. I feel like saying Blank now after reading it. I don't know. I don't know if he was French. He was Russian and like, Jewish. So. Anyways, after this, uh, uh, Blank become, became a prominent voice for Warner Brothers. Looney Tunes. Uh, first voicing uh, Bugs Bunny in his debut in A Wild Hare in 1940. So the first time you actually see Bugs Bunny was in 1940, guys. Wow. Like, I can't even think about what I was doing in 1940. Oh, that's right. I wasn't here. I wasn't even thought of. I wasn't even uh, in anybody's mind at this point. But Bugs Bunny was coming alive. <laughs> he was on somebody's mind. Um, during his time as a voice artist, they rarely received a credit. Uh, but Blanc, uh, Blank was the exception. You know, he... Uh, basically what that means, uh, for people who are unaware, is like it's a credit at you know to say who did what in a film. Or on a short or whatever. You know, being on TV in any form, you know, you get, you're, you get credits for everything now. You know, you see the credit list if you watch that at all at the end of movies like I do obsessively. 
Because I'm very curious. I'm just like, well, who fucking did this? Who did that? And it's so stupid. All the way up to the, you know, the no-name guys. It's like person, number. You know, when the guy's got a number next to him, you know he wasn't super vital in the, you know, making of said film. So, you know, like I said, I obsessively look at those things. And back then, um, you know, they weren't, voiceover artists were not getting a credit at all, you know. It was more like you were that character, period. And that's, you know, you just had to tell people you knew that that was you. But, um, like I said, Blanc or Blank, I'm going to say Blank again, <laughs> was the exception. Uh, in 1944, it was a contract stipulation to be credited, uh, but only as Bugs Bunny. All other animations that he worked on, he would still be uncredited. And this is in 1944. Uh, as of 1945, he began getting credited uh, for uh, Porky Pig and Daffy Duck as well. But by the end of 1946, so you got to figure, let's see, 1944 to 46, uh, at the end of 46, you say approximately, approximately two years, he was uh, actually receiving voice credits for any animations he worked on. So no matter what, you would see uh, uh, Mel Blanc or Mel Blanc at the end of, uh, you know, any of the Looney Tunes cartoons or any work that he did have his voice on. And he did a lot of stuff, guys. Uh, this, I, I was trying, you know, I'm definitely trying to spread this podcast out for sure, but... There is a lot more stuff that I could have put in here that I didn't. Like, the amount of uh, voiceover work that he was doing through these years was just crazy. Like I said, it kind of threw my timeline off anyways, where, you know, to put ourselves where we're at with consisting with his work with Jack Benny as well. So, you know, it's kind of conflicting at this point. But it's okay. We don't have to stick to any kind of thing. I'm just giving you guys the information, and, uh, you know, you drink it in. But uh, Blanc uh, continued his uh, pursuit in voice acting, working with... Uh, Hanna-Barbera as Barney Rubble and Chuck Jones on Tom and Jerry. So he was also doing... That's crazy. It's just like that guy was all over the map when it comes to my favorite stuff. You know, there's not, you know, there's not anything that, they, he, that, they, that I found out that he did that... Well, there was a lot that surprised me, but there was also a lot that I was like, What? Yes, okay. You know, I like that, and I also like that. So, of course you did it. You know, he was a man of many trades. As far as voice acting, he was all over the place. Um, in January 1961, Blank was uh, involved in a near-fatal car accident. So we could have lost uh, good old Blank before, uh, way before. Um, he actually collided head-on with an 18-year-old student who ended up uh, with minor injuries. But uh, Blanc was rushed to the UCLA Medical Center with a triple skull fracture and fractures to both legs and pelvis. And left him in the coma for two weeks. That's bizarre. Triple skull fracture. Like, that's just gotta be, like, his head was just obliterated for the most part, I would imagine, right? Triple skull fracture? I didn't even know there was a, a double. It's triple. But uh, after two weeks of uh, the coma, when the, he wouldn't wake up, it's, I, I found in the research that said the doctor eventually tried, it, like, a different approach. And he asked, uh, how you feeling today, Bugs Bunny? <laughs> In which Mel replied weakly, Eh, just fine, Doc, how are you? He did the same with Tweety. You know, he's like, Hey, how you feeling, Tweety? And, you know, of course, Mel was like, I thought, I thought, booty tat. I can never do a Tweety, so. Hope you weren't expecting an awesome impression, because I have no idea how to do it. But, um, once he returned home, uh, he filed a lawsuit against Los Angeles after he was one of the 26 accidents happening uh, over the next two years at that curve, at those curves, uh, resulting in the reconstruction of the curves 
And uh, those curves are actually now known as Dead Man's Curve. Because there was, you know, he was one of 26, so 25 other people also got in an accident on these curves. So they, you know, they were obviously forced. I didn't find out if he actually got, you know, he won the lawsuit or anything, but yeah. He definitely helped, uh, helped save some more uh, people from getting in an accident, I would imagine, just from that alone. But he was very dedicated to his work so much. So he worked while, he, uh, he eventually was working while he was in a full body cast. Like, they were bringing recording equipment, you know, to him to do voices and whatnot. And the other people that did some of the other work with the other voices would just sit around his hospital bed and he's in a full cast. That's just crazy. That's so awesome, though, when you think about it. The dude was totally dedicated. But it also shows, like, that's kind of an easy job, you know. You can do it in a full body cast, man. Simple work. Not many, uh, not many other jobs could you get paid so well. And uh, doing a full body cast. Um, years later, it was revealed that his son, uh, Noel, ghosted uh, for him during his recovery, as well as uh, several others. They had, you know, He did have some uh, voices at this time done by others as well, like many, I don't even remember the names I saw, but just a few other people had done some things for him at this time. Um, but during the 1970s, he gave uh, many lectures and appeared in American Express commercials. Uh, throughout the 1980s, he continued voicing the Looney Tunes characters in the Golden Age era of Warner Brothers. Uh, his final performance of his Looney Tunes was Bugs Bunny's Wild World of Sports in 1989. I don't even know. Like, honestly, I, I feel like they're all, they've ran together for me at this point where they're all, you know, I've seen so many of them, I don't even know where I'm at. To be like, oh, I remember that one specifically, but. Yeah, that is the last uh, one you could uh, hear him originally doing that voice. Um, it said that his last original character was Heathcliff in the early 1980s. Whoops, dropped my lot. Eh? So uh, there you go. There's a you know that was his last original guy. You guys remember Heathcliff? Anybody remember that fucking cat? It was like I don't know. It was just like either him or Garfield. You kind of had to choose from. Saturday morning cartoons, at least where I'm from. Um, Blank uh, had a very colorful and uh, animated uh, animated career, obviously, even reprising uh, Warner Brother roles outside of uh, the WB, but with permission. His last recording session was for that of Jetsons, the movie, 1990. So that was the last time he actually voiced something. And, you know, I even remember seeing the Jetson movie. I'm, not, I'm, I'm that old to remember that. 88. So there you go. Um, Blank, began, uh, or Blank began smoking cigarettes when he was nine years old. He continued his uh, pack-a-day habit until he was diagnosed with emphysema, which pushed him to quit at age 77. So there you go. Started at nine years old, and he was just like riding the, you know, rider on the storm. Another Doors reference, Waboom. I don't know what the fuck Waboom is, but um, yeah. So he rode that out, you know, for many years. Seventy-seven from nine years old till he was seventy-seven. He was like, you know, pack a day, let's do it. I love smoking. Pretty crazy to think that that would be a, uh, you know, kind of what. Pushed him to his death. <laughs> More stats on that. Uh -huh. 
when he stopped smoking at the age of 77. I'm sorry to keep laughing, but that's an absurd. It's like a little... It just reminds me of that little Asian, or whatever he was. I don't even remember that little kid from... I don't even know. Was he tired? The kid smoking cigarettes. He looked like he was like six or seven years old. I have no idea where he was from. Filipino? I don't know. Anyways... <laughs> He's like smoking nine years old till he's seventy seven and he's like, I'm done at seventy seven. That's so crazy. What a commitment. Um on May nineteenth, nineteen eighty nine, uh Blank was checked in the Cedar Sinai Medical Center by his family when they noticed uh he had a bad cough while shooting a commercial. He was originally expected to recover. Uh, Blank, uh, Blank's health uh, then took a turn for the worse, and doctors found that he had advanced coronary artery disease. He died on July 10th at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles at the age of 81. He is interred in, in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Hollywood. Blank's will stated his desire to have the inscription on his gravestone read, That's all, folks. The phrase was a trademark, of course, of Blank's, uh, Blank's character, Porky Pig. According to Blank, Sylvester the Cat was the easiest character to voice because it was just his normal speaking voice with the spray at the end. And Yosemite Sam, he said, was his hardest because of his loudness and raspiness. So you can only imagine, what, you know, every time I you know, see Yosemite Sam, I just expect the guy doing his voice to almost be as animated as the character himself. But... You can actually hear more of a, you know, Blank's real voice as uh, Sylvester, so that's pretty cool. Um, this was uh, definitely some higher learning, and I hope you did learn something new. I hope this was, uh, you know, you got to learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and who was behind them in the beginning. study high, take the test high, I get high scores. Welcome to higher learning. It's goodbye, actually. It's goodbye, higher learning. It's actually, I don't, I'm in the works of actually switching that around, so that way there's like an ending to the show besides the same intro. But uh, I am already loving this episode. I'm having a great time. I had a great time actually researching and uh, learning more about this great dude. And in a field that I would actually love to be a part of, you know, I grew up mimicking a lot of uh, cartoons and just other people and whatnot. And I've been a vocalist in a band since I was in seventh grade. So, of course, I have an ability to use my voice in specific ways. I'm not a robot. I don't know what happened. Um, but during my research of such a prolific voice artist and artist in general, I came across a lot of strange things. Uh, they were both surprising and interesting. So let's take a hit of some odd stats. Odd stats, guys. Here we are. The strangest things I did come across while I was looking up, and, and the coolest things, honestly. Um, 
this might help clear up some stuff with anybody listening. At uh, age 16, he changed his name from blank with a K, so it originally did have a K, uh, to uh, blank with a C, due to a teacher telling him he would not amount to anything, just like his name, blank. He would be just like his name, a blank. So, most definitely not a blank, man, whoever you are, you filthy bitch. Remember, he was in school a long, long time ago, when your, your teachers were dicks. I mean, they still are. They still work. I, I, I don't know. I'm not in school anymore, but I can imagine. There's still probably assholes out there. But um, he did go to the same high school, Lincoln High School, um, as Matt Groening. Obviously not the same same year at all. Not even close. Um, he was the crea- uh, Matt Groening is the creator of Simpsons. And a man from uh, one of our prior episodes, our MySpace episode, uh, Chris DeWolf. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I guess uh, Lincoln High School is uh, putting out some pretty uh, interesting people. Um, he had appearances on the Abbott and Costello radio show, as well as many others, before uh, TV's Golden Era. So that's pretty sweet. He was definitely killing on the radio. He was doing a lot of radio work. Like that's what I found so much stuff on his radio. Um, age nineteen, uh, he was conducting a fucking orchestra. Like that's crazy. Age 19, conducting an orchestra. It was said that he was the youngest uh, conductor of an orchestra. I don't know if that's of all time, but probably definitely around in that area. That's absurd. I should have looked more into that. I'm sorry. But that's still crazy. 19? I would I would imagine it's got to be one of the youngest, if not the youngest. But um, another one. Uh, while voicing uh, Bugs Bunny, he would uh, often uh, take a bite of a carrot and spit it into a spittoon. Uh, legitly. And when I was looking uh, up... Uh, the pictures to use for this episode for uh, Mr. Blank. Um, he, there was uh, several of them where he was by the microphone and he had several carrots in his hand. But I guess there was uh, some sort of dispute over the years that he was uh, he was allergic to carrots or something. It turns out he's not at all. But uh, continuing, he was uh, the original voice for Woody the Woodpecker until his uh, exclusive contract with Warner Brothers... Uh, was over. Uh, was until until his exclusive contract with Warner Brothers. Basically, he was doing it up until they signed him completely, to where they he could only work for them. Which that's pretty cool because that's definitely one that I would do when I was a kid. Probably sounded dumb. I can't even tell right now. I'm a little stunned. <laughs> but uh, after the contract with uh, Warner Brothers ended. He worked with uh, Hannah Barbara, like I said prior, as Barney Rubble in the Flintstones and Cosmo Spacely in the Jetsons, as well as Dino the Dinosaur, Secret Squirrel, Speed Buggy, and Captain Caveman. So, like I said, he was uh, he was all over the place when he was doing his voices. He was definitely uh, he was about that life. He wanted to, uh, he could do it. If there was something out there that needed a voice, he could do it. Um. With that being said, he was also the original voice for Toucan Sam. Everybody remembers good old Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. He's probably still on Fruit Loops. I don't I don't see a lot of commercials these days. You know, due to live streaming. Of course, you know, who doesn't watch TV via Netflix? Cuz we hate commercials. Um in 1983, in the 1983 live action film Strange Brew, 
featuring Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Um, Blank voiced the father of Bob and Doug McKenzie at the request of comedian Rick Moranis. So Rick, you know, the little guy from Ghostbusters, if nobody's seen Strange Brew. The little guy from, uh, I think, the first and second Ghostbusters. I can't even tell you guys, I'm so bad with it right now. Um, yeah, the guy with the glasses, the little the little fella. He was definitely, he uh, hit up Blank and was like, I need your voice, buddy. I would imagine why. I, you know, think about it. He was killing it. Um, in the 1988 live-action animated movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Blank reprised several of his classic Looney Tunes roles, uh, Bugs, Daffy, Porky, Tweety, and Sylvester, but left Yosemite Sam to Joe Alasky, who later became one of Blank's, uh, Blank's regular replacements until his death in 2016. So, I would think that I, th- I would think that's uh, Alasky who, uh, who, was, uh, who had replaced him up until 2016. When he died, which I'd have been last year at some point. I should have looked more into it, guys. I'm sorry. I did so much other research. <laughs> um, a doctor who once examined uh, Blank's throat found that he possessed unusually thick, powerful vocal cords that gave him an exceptional range. The doctor reported that they rev- uh, rivaled those of famed opera singer Enrico Caruso. So, bang. You know, you got some fucking thick... Thick vocal cords, man. You got some. You better do something with it, right? That's how I feel. I think mine are huge. I don't know how you tell. I'd have to have a, somebody get in there and look. I'm not saying I could rival Blanc or, or Blank or Mr. Caruso, but you know, here we are. Uh, Blank uh, trained his uh, son Noel in the field of voice character uh, characterization. Although the younger uh, Blank has performed his father's characters, particularly uh, Porky Pig, on some programs. He has chosen not to become a full-time voice artist. So there you go. I should have actually looked in more of uh, what he's doing now. You know, I'm kind of curious about it. I wonder how old he is. He's got to be up there. Um, for his contributions to the radio industry, Mel Blanc has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at 6385 Hollywood Boulevard. His character Bugs Bunny also has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The only others to have received the honor as well are Walt Disney as both himself and Mickey Mouse, and Jim Henson as both himself and Kermit the Frog, as well as Mike Myers and both himself and Shrek. That's crazy, right? Pretty cool. I mean, you kind of just have it on there twice. It's pretty sweet. I love that. Like, oh yeah, you gotta get your... uh, See, you got a star there on the Walk of Fame there, buddy. That's cool. It's pretty cool. But I've got, uh, yeah, I got two. So really, your your one, your one doesn't mean shit. But uh, that's our uh, that's our odd stats, guys. Yes, yes, yes. There it was. 
you know, uh, the that was the uh, that was the odd stats, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a good time. I hope you uh, hope you learned a little something extra about them. And uh, you know, since this is a special episode, I uh, I only felt it right to bring back a segment that um, is specifically supposed to be. I feel like I've been saying uh, a lot this episode. I'm so sorry. I feel like I've been talking consistently, but I also feel like I've been saying uh in between all of it. Maybe it's just me. But um, I'm going to bring back a segment that we haven't done in a while because we just keep forgetting about it, sort of. And uh, it's more or less just me pumping out these episodes. So I'm going to go ahead and take a hit. But um, let's get up. Let's go. Let's strap in for uh, those who fly with a little bit of Bird World. This is Tuesdays with Mary, and this is Bird World. Alright, today's bird, guys. Of course, none other than Tweety Pie, or Tweety, one of the many Mel Blanc Looney Tune characters. This little yellow canary, always in quarrel with Sylvester the Cat, in the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes and Merry Melody series of animated cartoons. The name Tweety is a play on words, as it originally meant Sweetie, along with Tweet being a typical English onomatopoeia for the sound of birds. So, that's pretty cool. I did not know that. You know, it was always this argument between me and my sisters if, uh, you know... Tweety was a boy or a girl. I kind of was hoping to find that information out. Instead, I found out that the bird's name was actually Sweetie Pie. What a beautiful, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, his uh, characteristics are based on Red Skelton's famous Mean Whittle Kid. Uh, Tweety appeared in 47 cartoons during the Golden Age. Thanks, Tweety. <laughs> This is Tuesdays with Mary, and this is Bird Okay, guys. Uh, this next segment is a new one. A freshie. I guess you'd call it, I don't know, would you say freshie? I think that's what you call freshmen when you're a senior in high school. Freshies. Froshmen? I don't know. Fucking dumb. Anyways... This is a new segment that we've done uh, before, but there is no segue for it, really. But I'm just going to throw it in there, and we're going to play a minute or less of one of um, my band, our, our music, uh, Kevin's music, and uh, let you guys uh, take a little dabble and see what you think about it, and you get a little taste of it, and we get to spread the word about the music, because we are musicians. We do try to be funny on the podcast, you know. Um, random humor when you're talking to yourself is uh, a little hard, but, you know, we continue to, uh, <laughs> we can, I continue to, I don't, shut up, but, um, yeah, this is Kevin, and, uh, this features Lonnie on vocals, and it's a song called, I Don't Know What Scott Is, so, I hope you enjoy, I hope there's no ad, if there's an ad, then, uh, we're shitting sticks.
because we're going. I'm playing it right off of our YouTube account, so we'll see what happens. I'm not sure. Some of them have ads. Some of them do not. Also, sometimes it loads. Sometimes it doesn't. Here we go, guys. Hope you enjoy. Sorry, there is no segue <laughs> to uh, the Kevin segment, but that is one of our older, older Kevin songs. You can definitely find all of our stuff on YouTube. Just, check, just look up Kevin, you know, uh, Kevin Music, Animal Music. You'll find us. But um, I will say that was at least interesting. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy doing the research for this episode. This was so fun, and being a stoner, you gotta like cartoons. How can you not? I mean, there's so much good stuff out there right now. I mean, of course, people are, you know, obsessed with uh, Family Guy. You know, American Dad, Seth MacFarlane's doing his business. You know, Simpsons is killing it. You know, but you can't forget the oldies, you know. They're still doing their thing. The Looney Tunes are still around doing their thing. Love that shit. Um, especially Space Jam. That was a revelation. Pure revelation. I don't care what people say about Space Jam. That was a... That was a movie for any kid who liked Looney Tunes and basketball and Michael Jordan and Bill Murray and... I don't have to keep naming the stuff, guys. You already know it's fucking sweet. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, for real. Even the soundtrack, like I said. The soundtrack for Space Jam, guys. We can't forget about that. You can't forget about it. I mean, I still believe I can fly. I mean, I won't try it. But I believe. And it's all because of that. It's all because of the good old Space Jam soundtrack. You know, it impacted my life. Great shit. Um, I even like the old black and white versions of the cartoons, you know. I've been seeing a lot of the older versions of, uh, Merry Melodies and whatnot. Sweet shit. I have a lot of, uh, Daffy Duck favorites, you know, of course. Um, I used to draw a lot of them myself, you know. Easy way to learn how to draw when you're younger. Uh, Taz, uh, Taz was always my favorite, honestly. And he always will be. There's just something about the guy. Always like Taz. Ask anybody that knows me. Taz, my favorite Looney Tune. Don't care. Um, some of the greatest and everlasting cartoon voices were done by Mel Blanc. A name we can't forget, guys. We can't forget. Not this day and age. I mean, I could only imagine. Could you imagine what he'd be doing with the likes of like Pixar or DreamWorks? It'd be insane. You know, we'd have you know we'd have more uh, more of those characters voiced by an actual voice artist than, like, 50 Cent or Rihanna, you know. Let's have somebody who's a true artist, you know. Uh, R.I.P. Mel Blanc, a man of a thousand voices. So, ladies and gentlemen, fellow smokers, and also non-smokers, 
take a few minutes and join us on Twitter and Instagram, guys, at TWM underscore podcast. Also contact us personally at TuesdaysWithMary at gmail.com. And for PayPal donations of any kind, patmichael8 at gmail.com. Um, we'll also be having in the next couple weeks a few special guests. So look forward to that. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It should be interesting in how we're going to record that. I have no idea. Uh, it's going to be uh, fun for everyone. But um, look forward uh, to your return, guys. I will say I appreciate all the new subscribers, all the new listens. I hope we're doing something interesting enough. I hope I am. I, I won't say us all the time, but I will say uh, me. Because <laughs> in most cases, it is just me. Not to get sad. But, uh, you know, tell people about us, guys. Share it. You know, let people know we're doing a thing. Uh, and it's interesting to a sense. And uh, to say the least, to say the least, at least for me, uh, on the low, on the low, on the high, you know, we loving each, we're loving each and every one of you. Higher learning motherfuckers. So, peace, love, and harmony.